Hello there. So as some of you probably know, relationships can be harmed by political discussions, debates, arguments, and sometimes they're irreparably harmed. And the battlefield of ideals can sometimes even become a literal battlefield, as we have seen in history and current events. That's why most of us can't live with each other as political rivals in the real world, but focus our animosity more on popular figures in leadership roles or abstract representations of ideologies that we oppose or tend to oppose. Meanwhile, partisan news channels, and I use that term loosely, will often spell out exactly who we are supposed to dislike even if they fail to adequately explain why we are supposed to dislike them. You know, a lot of people out there will still do so. They'll follow suit. And that's just the way it is in a lot of cases. But, you know, it doesn't really have to be that way. Political action can always be more nuanced than these simplistic terms and can sometimes even be guided by general principles. Imagine that. It's not always the case that if you disagree with someone, you must wind up bitterly fighting about it because the person's a miscreant or traitor. And sometimes you can even just amicably walk away. <coughs> Pardon me. So um, basically, I'm going to go over ways to discuss politics without irreparably harming relationships. So, I will admit to being a hypocrite here to some degree, because I have blocked tons of far-right figures and random yahoos out there on Twitter, which has basically become infested with such people, so I've actually started doing that more than I have in the past. However, I am not saying you cannot follow my example by doing that yourself, you know, it's, it's always an option. You can do what you feel comfortable with. If blocking such people and avoiding them in real life at all costs makes sense to you, I totally get it. You know, I've been there. I've done that myself. And actually, you know, interestingly enough, I'm working on a plan for how I can unblock some extremists and perhaps monitor, monitor them to see if they deserve being unblocked, you know, and it could even potentially become an interesting segment for this very podcast. And I'm still working out the logistics of that and deciding if it's worth it to play that game. I think unless it's a really, you know, well-established figure on social media, I would probably keep the blocked people anonymous and I would just discuss some of their content, you know, just so I'm not accused of doxing them or doing some targeted harassment campaign or something like that. And, and I, I do have a real-life example of, you know, overcoming some political disagreements because there have been people in my family that in the past I blocked online. In fact, at one point I blocked almost my entire family on Facebook. Um, it, it wasn't just due to political disagreements. There, there were also 
you know, just general stressful things about my family that I was just like trying to get rid of at least temporarily. And at the time I was considering deleting my Facebook altogether, but somebody had actually, you know, pleaded with me not to and all that kind of stuff. So I decided against it. And eventually with at least one of those people that I had blocked, I actually had a conversation with them about, you know, certain personal issues as well as our our disagreements. And I think we've since come to terms and we're, we're on good terms at this point, you know, and I, I guess that would be proof that it can be done even in sort of a dramatic circumstance where I basically was like shunning most of my family at the time. Um, but I'm not really doing that at this point, at this moment, I guess. Really what happened then was it was a culmination of different things. You know, the fact that for many years it seemed like my family almost seemed against me at, at, at a certain at a certain point. Um, it just became too much. And I was just like, eh, I'm going to block <laughs> block these people. And the the idea was basically if. If you were a member of my family, you became more likely to be blocked online. So some of you out there might think that that was a bit extreme. And in retrospect, I think it seems extreme too. But at the time, it's something that I think I needed to do. And I think some of you out there might understand that idea. So the point I'm making here is that you know, even under a sort of drastic circumstance like that, you can sometimes kind of go in the opposite direction. You know, there's probably a lot of times where you can make amends with people. I guess that's my point. And, you know, let's be real here, though. My blocking extremists on social media aside, there are still reasons to occasionally engage with some of these people, at least sometimes. In fact, as I've said here before, even some of the ones easily dismissed by others as too far gone down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole might not be too far gone. Some of them might be able to be led back out of that rabbit hole. You know, I guess, I guess it depends on how uh, far you're willing to go and of, of course, how skilled you are at such things, and if you have the time and the patience. Again, if you do care to engage with such people, attempts at civility are still one of the best tools of the trade. If you disagree with a specific policy, that's one thing. You know, I, I would say try not to say that's a stupid idea. Try, I don't agree, and here's why I don't agree. You know, that's that's the type of advice you can pretty commonly find when it comes to disagreements. And sure enough, it is often true. I wouldn't even say it's universally true. There, there are definitely times where maybe you should even insult somebody. I know that's some unconventional thing to say, but sometimes it's actually what people need to hear. You know, they need to hear, um, a, you know, a bit of brutal honesty. Like sometimes you just have to call something stupid or, or whatever, term you want to use. 
it's it's really up to the judgment that you have at the time and uh you know again i am a bit of a hypocrite here because i definitely do not always you know avoid calling somebody stupid or calling somebody names but sometimes i do you know it's it's uh something that can help moderate people to an extent so i actually try to be that way and no matter how extreme a person's views they tend to want to be regarded as not crazy or as not being a total joke. So if you actually treat them in a somewhat serious manner, I, I think you're more likely to reach them or at least calm them down a bit or, you know, moderate their views at least temporarily, which itself can almost be like a small win, especially in this day and age. I would suggest saying stuff like, but if you think that they're out to use you in a hidden agenda, you know, like in some conspiracy theory, then how come you are not really being used currently in that hidden agenda? Are they just, are they just waiting for the, the right moment, you know? And uh, that'll kind of put put them in the, in, in the spotlight, you know. Um, it, it'll put them in the hot seat, I suppose, though feel a little bit more pressure to uh, examine their beliefs and really say whether or not there's any factual basis to them or if it's just some weird speculative thing that they're engaging in. And, you know, it might not make the entire conspiracy theory fall apart or anything that drastic, but you're kind of opening the door. You're, you're putting a little bit of a, a crack in their mental armor, I suppose you might say. And when it comes to, you know, a specific issue like anti-trans bigotry, which is, of course, a big thing today, I think I would begin by pointing out that if we are being honest and really wanting to, quote-unquote, protect children from rumors and pedophiles, then we statistically would also have to keep heterosexual men away from children because guess what uh you know a lot of heterosexual men are known for that type of behavior statistically you know if you look at the averages um if you wanted to be fair and if you wanted to be factual you would have to say well maybe men who are straight should not be allowed to be teachers or or what have you you know i mean that's that's logically how that would actually work. And in fact, you might want to mention that instead of noting sex abuse scandals in religious organizations or religious households, because that might distract them into thinking you're simply out to attack religion, you know, or, or something like that. It might seem more like a personal attack. And, you know, in this era of satanic panic, you probably don't want to, you know, uh, act as if you're solely existing to denigrate religion. Um, although, of course, you can note all those things because these scandals do exist in the world and religious organizations do engage in such behaviors. And, of course, individuals and families do, you know, uh, whether they're religious families or not. But keep in mind that uh, there is a tactical basis 
for uh, your decisions, at least if you want to potentially, did I say potentially, I meant potentially, convince somebody that you are, you know, correct, I suppose, and that the facts are on your side. And, you know, when it, when it comes to unfairly attacking any group, you might want to just note that it's more nuanced than whatever they're saying. And a lot of the time you, you have to really confront them about whether or not they have actually encountered people of that group, you know, are, are, is everybody in that group behaving in this way that you're accusing them of behaving? And of course, some of them will say no, you know, but, you know, in a lot of cases, it's, it's going to be a group they haven't really encountered and they're just stereotyping and scapegoating against. Then, of course, it makes sense to point out ways that the far right is getting in the way of free speech and framing things in ways that could turn into social ostracism without substance. So, again, if we cared about kids, we'd keep the hetero males away from them. You know, that's, that's actually a substantive argument based on statistics. And, hell, it's even based on a lot of anecdotal evidence because who hasn't met a perverted heterosexual male? We know they exist, um, you know, and uh, in, in many ways, I think that this argument should be used more. I, I don't really see people applying this very often, and I'm sure somebody out there could find flaws in this tactically or eth ethically or whatever, but, you know, the, the point is, I think this is a pretty sound argument that, uh, in my experience, I think should be used. You know, if, if somebody out there has a perceived flaw uh, that, that they would like to bring about regarding this whole uh, argument, then go right on ahead. I'm open to hearing it, but I would like to see more people bring this simple point up. It also makes sense to, in your own way, point out the ways in which right-wing extremism wishes to keep us frozen in time and to turn the clock back and, in a way, seeks a utopian vision that, like most utopias, is simply not possible. And if they claim it's actually the left that is intolerant, which is something that right-wing extremists often do, I would say to note plainly and simply that accepting marginalized groups is tolerance and is acceptance. And, uh, you know, they might cite an example of, you know, someone on the left who acted unfairly or hypocritically or whatever. But, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing, I, I would say to some extent you could even acquiesce, agree that this does happen. But you would have to point out that, you know, the occasional um, misbehavior by somebody on the left, or of course, just any group, does not necessarily represent the entire group of people. And of course, if you really want to get nuanced, you would note that there often is a difference between 
quote-unquote leftists and liberals, which is something that people on the far right seem to not really understand in a lot of cases. They don't understand that, you know, Joe Biden is not a communist. They don't understand that just because somebody criticizes Trump, it doesn't necessarily mean they are a fan of Joe Biden. You know, so a, a lot of these very basic types of critical thinking I have found are simply lacking with people who have far-right ideas. So the answer in short is not to add fuel to the fire, or at least not to add fuel to every fire, but to apply some common sense and to actually become better educated about the people you don't like by respectfully engaging with them, not by harassing them, not actually, you know, uh, by sort of spitting venom at them, but sometimes actually having the guts to get to know them and their arguments and not just generalize about them unfairly or, you know, sometimes you might even want to say, hey, I'm not going to criticize one of their leaders and, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get bogged down in that discussion, but I'm just going to talk about their personal arguments and see if they can understand some of the flaws and weaknesses in their own thinking. And for the love of all that is holy, don't spread outright lies if you're trying to discredit or debunk somebody. And sometimes, of course, don't even try to discredit or debunk somebody. You know, that's, that's something that has its place, you know, Statements about the world are meant to be tested. And, you know, sometimes, hey, you might even yell at somebody uh, if they cross a line in some sort of discussion. You know, that there's no 100% accurate or ethical way to approach these things. And it's never going to be totally safe either. You know, that's that's one of the reasons people avoid these types of discussions. But sometimes... Not only are they good to engage in, but sometimes you pretty much don't even have a choice. You know, you might not be able to easily walk away. So, you know, like if if you're living in a religious household and you've got like a bunch of uh, religious people around you, you might want to remind them that as they're lying about certain marginalized groups that they are apparently trained to hate, they have not lied just to... Th- you know, other human beings, but to their own God, you know, like if you really want to get deep into this stuff, that that's somewhere you might have to go. And uh, hopefully, you know, you won't have to get too serious about these discussions. Hopefully you'll get along with most people and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes, you know, you got to make the tough decision and just walk away from a relationship. Um, I've done it in the past, and I'm sure I'll do it again. But, you know, a lot of the time, I've found ways around it. Or, you know, I've just taken a break from somebody, and it's like, you know, okay, I've had enough of this person. I'm going to not contact them for a little bit. And then, sure enough, maybe later on, you know, things will be sort of patched up. And as they say, you know, time heals all wounds, and there can be some truth to that. 
So anyway, that's about all I have to say about this. So if you if you want, you know, you can share this on social media. Um, you can share it on Facebook, Twitter, if you're still using it, Tribal or Mastodon. You could use Google. You could send me an email message if you want. Or you could email other people. My email address is wadewineo at gmail.com. No special characters in it. No capital letters. All lowercase. Again, that's wadewineo at gmail.com. And if you want to add tags to when you share this, go ahead and use things like bigotry, false narrative, lies, intellectual dishonesty, and modern conservatism or, or something like that, you know. And uh, so that's about it. I'm hoping that I taught you how to deal with, you know, scary beliefs and falsehoods and conspiracy theories. So, yeah, all right. Have a fantabulous day.